resource focusing on early childhood music therapy. Imagine is sponsored by the American Music Therapy Association and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled The Final Movement, Music Therapy in Pediatric Palliative Care and presented by Debbie Benkowitz. Debbie practices music therapy at Children's Hospital of the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, where she started the music therapy program in 2003. Debbie directs the music therapy internship program at UPMC and is an adjunct music therapy professor at Duquesne University. A large percentage of Debbie's patients are chronically and or critically ill, coping with diagnosis of cancer, organ transplant, trauma and other serious conditions. Many receive music therapy as part of their palliative care services. Debbie has spoken nationally and internationally about pediatric music therapy as it relates to pain and palliative care. I'd like to talk about the subject of pediatric palliative care. It can be a pretty challenging subject when you think about it. In our society and culture, well, probably in most societies and culture, it's not too awful to think about an elderly person dying an elderly person facing the challenges of a disease. But it's very hard for us to accept a child who is having a very difficult life due to disease or trauma, or maybe even facing the end of their life. However, it's really important for us to know about this because music therapy can be so wonderfully helpful to pediatric patients in palliative care. Before I go any further, I'd like to give you a definition of palliative care. And that is, it is specialized care for people with serious illnesses. It focuses on providing patients with relief from the symptoms, pain, and stress of a serious illness, whatever the diagnosis. The goal is to improve quality of life for both the patient and the family. Hospice care and palliative care are often linked together. Actually, hospice care falls under the umbrella of palliative care. Patients who are in hospice care may be a little closer to death though. There are similar needs for the patients and the family members of pediatric patients who are in palliative care. And I'd like to talk about those for a minute. The goal is to always improve or provide opportunities for quality of life. And we can do that in a number of ways. For the patient, helping relieve pain and anxiety is very important. If we can help relieve pain, it might mean that less medication is used. When we need to over-medicate for pain, lots of times patients sleep, and then when they're sleeping, they don't have the ability to communicate or pay attention maybe to a TV show or something that they really enjoy. Music therapy can help with that, relief of pain and anxiety. We also can help patients and family members communicate with one another and provide emotional support The saying is that music says what words cannot, and I believe that's true. 
within the structure of music, within the structure of songs, whether it's songwriting or lyrics analysis, we can often say words or express feelings that we couldn't say without the help of music. Another important area we can help in is spiritual support. Often patients and or their families cannot leave to go to church or their place of worship because of the illness, but we can offer the music of their choice during a music therapy session can really help them feel connected with the spiritual side. Siblings have some additional needs. They may have very mixed emotions and feel bad about them too. For example, I've had many siblings tell me that they felt guilty that they were the ones who were well when their sibling was not well. They often felt neglected too. Why is mom and dad always at the hospital? What about me? I'm a person too. And then they feel guilty about that because kids of a certain age will come to realize that they're the lucky ones, that they're not sick. So siblings need help communicating, connecting with their sick brother or sister, enjoying one another and having quality time together. I think case studies explain things better, so I'd like to share a few of my patient case studies with you. First, I'd like to talk about Johnny, who was four weeks old when he died of a very complex, incurable heart condition. Naturally, the parents wanted to be with Johnny all the time. They never knew when his next breath was going to be his last breath. But Johnny had three little sisters, ages two, four, and six. The parents were very involved with Johnny, understandably so. And they sometimes forgot about their little girls who were being loved and cared for by the grandparents and also loved and cared for in the hospital sibling center. But the girls were getting moved around from different people, from grandparents to the sibling center to other relatives, and they were starting to act out because they didn't understand what was going on. I was able to bring the family together twice in the music therapy room while Johnny was still alive. The first time, I brought out all different kinds of percussion instruments, big drums, congas, djembes, small instruments, little shakers, thunder tubes, things that made all sorts of sounds. The little girls were a little wild at first. They came in and they just went from instrument to instrument. And I provided just a slow, steady beat and waited until the girls wanted to play in rhythm with me. And the parents also played that slower, steady beat, just watching their girls have a nice time. It was really interesting as the session developed the family really started to play together. Yes, they played instruments together, but they also played. They did some call and response without any direction from me, and they started to giggle and laugh at the silly sounds that they were creating. And by the end of the session that lasted about 45 minutes, everybody was smiling and they seemed very connected. The second time I brought the girls in, 
they decided that they wanted to sing Disney songs. So each of the girls chose their favorite Disney songs and took turns singing for one another and for the, for the parents. When one would select a song and sing, um, I would accompany them on the piano, and when they were finished, the parents and the siblings would clap for one another. And this was a means of supporting one another and saying, hey, I hear you, I'm listening to you, you're wonderful. And the girls got some support that they badly needed, and they had a good time together. Later, the parents told me that this was two of the most remarkable times in their hospitalization because it allowed them to experience some joy as a family when the rest of their lives were so challenging. I'd like to talk next about Vanessa, who died at the age of 14 from cancer. I had helped Vanessa earlier in her life when we were doing chemo and trying to cure her of her cancer. She had a lot of pain issues, and she loved the idea of escaping into an imagery, her favorite place. She selected her bedroom, and she really missed it because the family lived several hours away from the hospital, so she couldn't even return there on a pass on a weekend. But through imagery, she told me everything about her bedroom, the view out the window, the smells, which was usually whatever her mom was cooking downstairs, the items that were in her room, the comfort of her bed, and so on. We created a song, and when we were having music therapy together, she would signal to me that she needed to relax by saying, I would like to go to my bedroom. But what I want to talk about is when we got closer to the end of her life, the siblings were brought to our hospital, and I walked in. I hadn't met them very often because they lived so far away. And I walked in, and they were just sitting there. And the parents were over in the corner of the room, and they were silent. They didn't know how to help the two siblings, and the siblings didn't know what to say to their sister or to say to one another. I asked them to tell me about their favorite things about their sister who lay on the bed. I didn't use the word dying, but it was pretty well known that that's what was happening. The boy, age 11, told me that he learned to ride his bike with the help of his big sister, Vanessa, and that when he was able to ride his bike, he wanted to go to the park, but he couldn't do it unless Vanessa went with him. He loved her for that. The sister talked about uh, her sister sharing dolls with her, and when she outgrew them, she gave all of the dolls to her little sister, and Vanessa was very loved for that. So we wrote a song about it, and we used a simple melody and included those memories and a few others. We practiced the song a few times, and then we recorded it. And each child got a copy of the recording, and they designed their own CD cover. And we made CDs for the parents and grandparents as well. The mom told me much later that this was something that was so meaningful. They did not know what to say to their family and to their siblings 
to the to the little brother and sister and the music to help them communicate with one another and feel some kind of a connection before Vanessa died. I'd like to talk about Luke, who was a really fun-loving patient who died at the age of five. He uh, had a relapse of his cancer the day before he was meant to go to Disney World. So he didn't make it to Disney World. Mom always hoped that he was going to make it to Disney World. She was gonna, he was gonna go through chemo and go through a bone marrow transplant and everyone was praying for a miracle and it was gonna happen and they were gonna go to Disney World. But it didn't happen, unfortunately. Luke had two image, images, two favorite places that he liked to escape to. We spent several days developing each imagery. One was of the beach and one was of the woods. And we'd always start out by doing fun things, but when Luke would get tired, he'd say to me, I need to go to the beach now, or I need to go to the woods. He'd pick each day where, where he wanted to go. As he got more and more ill and closer to death, he was in and out of consciousness, and mom started selecting which place we would go to. One day, Mom said to me, we might have to go to Disney World. And I knew what this meant for her. She was realizing that they weren't going to get to Disney World in his physical body. So we may have to go in our minds. One day, I walked in and she said, we need to go to Disney World today. Can we do it? And I said, yes. And Mom snuggled up with Luke on the bed. And she fed me the lines to the song that lasted about 45 minutes. About two hours after that song, when I had left, I learned that Luke had died. And I truly believe that mom was able to give permission to Luke to leave this world and to go on to the next step of his journey. The song gave her the power to let go when she couldn't find the words to say that to him. Music is a very powerful tool when working with children who are in palliative care. We can bring joy, help with communication, help relieve pain and anxiety, and bring some quality of life and a sense of peace to the family. And please remember to take really good care of yourself. You can't do this work that's so fulfilling and challenging unless you take good care of yourself. Thanks for listening to this Imagine Podcast produced in 2012.